Welcome to Your Life, Your Way. Aging Today with Holden South Center. Your Life, Your Way is a radio show that airs Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. right here on AM 880 KIXI. The podcast version is heard on most all major platforms. So if you or someone in your circle of family or friends is planning for a modern, secure, and lifestyle-driven retirement, please pass along the information about this program. Heck, just send the podcast information. In studio, we have your host, Shane Fowler. He's Executive Director of Holden South Center. Always great to see Shane. And he has a very special guest here today, Nathan Yamani. He is MSWLICSW. We'll explain those in a moment, uh, those credentials. And he is really importantly Founder and Executive Director of Heart and Soul Hospice of King County. Together, we're going to chat about all of this. What is hospice? What services are included? And what to expect in the overall experience? We'll do that and much more in the conversation right after this. Visit Holden South Center today, an all-inclusive premier assisted living and memory care community. Located at 112 Andover East and South Center, just blocks away from the mall. Come see our spacious studios along with our one and two bedrooms. Enjoy luxury resort-style living. Amenities include a theater, club room, full-service salon, rooftop courtyard with views of Mount Rainier, 24-hour on-care staff, and a five-star dining experience. Call us at 206-395-3824 or visit Holden South Center.com. Your life, your way, our commitment. As promised, we're back with Your Life, Your Way. Shane, great to see you. Great to see you as always. Really appreciate it. I love the guest you have today. This is a very fascinating topic for me. It is, and, and very important. I deal with it on a daily basis. Um, so the the subject at, at hand is hospice, and I've been working with Nathan for the, the past couple of months. Um, he's been really involved with uh, Fridays. We have flower days, and he's been so gracious to, to participate in that and bring us flowers for our residents and also uh, our men's group. And so, Nathan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. So you are the executive director of Heart and Soul Hospice here in King County. Uh, really great story. Can you tell the audience a little bit about how you got to this point and, and who influenced you? Sure, sure. I started out in the hospice field as a hospice social worker. Okay. Uh, this was back in 2012. And so uh, when I got into the field, it was one of those things where uh, I had just recently graduated with my master's in social work. And... And so I was, you know, really trying to see what was a good fit for myself. And as soon as I started in the hospice field, I knew this was the field for me. And really that has to do with a couple of stories, a couple of events that really made me realize that I was going to be doing this until I was no longer in the workforce. Uh, One of the stories had to do with a a patient of mine and of the hospice I was working for who uh, really didn't have any family. Okay. Uh, really did not have any kind of natural supports. And so we really rallied around him, myself, our chaplain, and uh, the nurse, and also our uh, home health aide. Long story short, when he passed away, myself, our chaplain, and our nurse were the only ones present at his funeral. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Wow. And I, I have a picture that I mm-hmm. have saved that I always look at, and it's a picture of the three of us. And uh, it was at his funeral, obviously. And I always look at that because it reminds me of why I do what I do. And, you know, the realization that sometimes uh, in our society when mm-hmm. someone at end-of-life care has no one, uh, hospice can be there and be that 
that that presence when no one else is there. And uh, I really value that that aspect of hospice as well as all you know the different aspects of hospice. And but it's the stories that have kept me in this field, and it's the stories that motivate me to do what I do. And and that's a great one. And wow, powerful. Uh, you mentioned before uh, your father, uh, who was a big influence on people, especially in the area. But uh, so MSW is a master in social work. Right. And then in Washington State, the L, uh, the LIC, or that's what we called it, is, yeah. a, is a, an, another license, correct? Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about that? Sure, sure. So I have my master's in social work. I'm also a licensed independent clinical social worker here okay. in the state. And I uh, have kept up with my licensure just because, you know, I really value the field of social work. Um, I'm an executive director. My by position doesn't require that I have a LICSW, but one of the things that I've found is a common ground that I that I'm able to share with a lot of people in the community, uh, people in uh, end of life care or people that are in the healthcare field, is that when they talk to me, talk to me, they know that they're talking to somebody that knows the you know kind of the front lines of hospice because I worked that I was a right. you know uh, an MSW uh, for hospice when I started out yep. and I think that makes it to where people are able to relate to me uh, a little bit more and so uh, that's absolutely you know okay but your dad influenced you to become a social worker a social because worker, he was yes. a people guy right? he, he, yeah. so my father was a staple in the Seattle uh, yeah. area so he did yeah. a lot for uh, uh, people in uh, the Seattle area, specifically communities of color, mm-hmm. uh, uh, immigrant communities, and he was a grant writer. He was a big part of the raising of the minimum wage mm-hmm. back in 2015, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I have a picture of him in our office of him holding up a sign uh, that says the rent won't wait. Right. And that was when he was rallying and really uh, championing the cost to raise the minimum wage in the uh, Seattle and SeaTac area. And so he's done things like that and other really uh, profound uh, uh, actions and, 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 and movements that he was a part of in the Seattle area. Uh, he passed away in 2020. Okay. Uh, when he passed away, his end-of-life care was not ideal. Mm. And uh, I wanted to do something about that. But I also wanted to do something about continuing his legacy. Mm-hmm. And so as much as he was a staple in the area and providing uh, community uh, support and just being an advocate for the community— I'm 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 doing that uh, type of work also, except you know specifically within hospice and healthcare. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you told me that story uh, previously, and I I really like it. It's it's great. All right, so we're gonna jump into hospice. Some folks don't know what hospice is, and if they do, they may have a, a bit of a skewed idea. And so, can you just tell us about what is hospice? So uh, hospice is end-of-life care mm-hmm. uh, for individuals who have a terminal illness. And that terminal illness is something that is determined by a physician. So individuals that receive care from hospice are individuals who have been determined to have a life expectancy of six months or less by a physician. And right. so when we get our referrals, that's the determining factor is that did a physician determine that a person with a terminal illness have a life expectancy of six months or less. And so when we get that, we're able to also, you know, based on that, you know, do our own evaluation. Right. But um, that is the criteria. And so uh, it's end-of-life care in the form of uh, symptom management, mm-hmm. pain management, and helping them have quality of life, helping right. the patients have quality of life. Uh, and so it, it, it's not like super aggressive treatment. It's not, you know, trying, it's not curative. 
it's palliative in that we're trying to make sure they're comfortable, their pain and symptoms are managed, and that outside of just the physical aspects, uh, we also uh, are able to meet their psychosocial needs mm-hmm. in terms of quality of life uh, uh, and how that looks like is, you know, we provide a social worker. There is a spiritual coordinator that is able to meet them at wherever they're at spiritually. Whatever belief they have, they are supported in that. And so uh, it's a multi-interdisciplinary kind of approach. Right. And uh, it's really, like I said, to provide a paid management, symptom management, and quality of life. Right. Uh, what are the myths about hospice? Um, I'm As a former POA of two uh, parents that were on hospice, um, I, I have experiences not only um, personally, but also I, I experience it uh, a lot, every, almost every day. Um, and, I, and I have these conversations with families because I think it's really a great service. It's a great experience. And I think, uh, but I know that people are very apprehensive because you think of six months and, you know, um, hospice means that you're just going to, to die and, uh, and there's no hope. Talk about that a little bit. So one thing that we really try to communicate and educate from our uh, perspective as a hospice Mm -hmm. is that, you know, a lot of times people think hospice is about giving up. Mm Mm-hmm that it is waving the white flag. Mm-hmm. And it really isn't. Uh, hospice is not about giving up. And and we, we primarily see that, you know, the idea of it maybe being uh, perceived as uh, giving up, especially in communities of color mm-hmm. uh, where, and it's understandable because a lot of communities of color are, are, are resilient. They uh, believe in hope and they have their own hope, you know, whether it's faith-based or uh, community-oriented, uh, and so uh, a lot of times that's the, you know, that's that's what we hear. And we try to educate. It's not giving up. It is being able to take advantage of a benefit that mm-hmm. you uh, paid into and, and, and in terms of your Medicare, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, what you paid into Medicare when you uh, were in the workforce as an individual. Uh, it's, it's something that is a, a right that people mm-hmm. have. It's also one of those things where we're not going to come in and act like things are over, that mm-hmm. life is over. Right. Uh, this is a new chapter in life is how we talk about it. It's a new chapter in life where you're able to still have quality of life. Yes. And uh, so uh, the, the biggest myth, and there, there are other myths, uh, but the, the biggest myth that I think that we run into is that it, it, you know it, it's about giving up, and it really isn't. Okay. Yeah, and I, I feel that way as well. It's really about how do I have the best journey where I'm at? Right. Um, and if you think about that, there's so many good days um, on hospice. And uh, talk about uh, some stories that you've had. I'm sure me personally, um, I was adopted and I had my dad who had lung cancer and they gave him five days, which is tough. So those folks listening that are caring for your family, sometimes, uh, you know, doctors do give some time frames and they can be correct and sometimes they're not. But he was able to shift his life with us, our support, bring him home and really start to experience it, um, life differently. He was kind of a, a hardhead uh, army guy, and he then started to view life a little differently. Mm. And that really helped us as the caregivers to to really take care of him and, and, and support him. Mm-hmm. And so are there any stories that you have of 
Um, I know the gentlemen that you kind of were there for and, uh, you know, kind of took care of um, while he was going through this. But any, yes, any yes. stories? That's, you know, that, that example just shows that we were able to provide quality of life in the form of mm-hmm. providing him with a community. Mm-hmm. He had nobody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one example. Another example is that I've, I've as a social worker, but also as, a, as an executive director and as the founder of Heart and Soul Hospice, have seen caregivers that really were um, uncertain as to how they were able to provide care for their loved ones. And when hospice was able to come in, uh, they were able to get a nurse who mm-hmm. was going to be able to come into the home and provide nursing care, uh, an aide that was going to come and provide support in terms of uh, bathing and other, you know, hygiene needs. And so caregiver support is, 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 is one of the, I think, you know, advantages of having hospice. And so I've talked to so many uh, caregivers that have said, I don't know what I would have done if hospice didn't come in and help my dad and I or my, my, my spouse and myself. And so that's, you know, one thing I wanted to say. So powerful. Just yeah. so powerful hearing these stories and, and uh, listening to you, Nathan. Clearly, you have a passion for this. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is one of those things that fuels the soul, I think. Yes. Right. So it's wonderful having you here. Uh, we are going to go to a quick break here. But prior mm-hmm. to that, I'm wondering if there is a way that is the best way for people to learn more about heart and soul and the things that you're doing. Absolutely. The thing that I would say is give us a call. We want to have a conversation with you. Uh, one of the things that I mentioned earlier, and I'll say again, is that part of what I do and part of what our hospice does is not just provide care, it's to provide education. And education means communication. And we want to be able to visit with people that have questions about hospice. Our number is 206-659-9998. 206-659-9998. And I want to be able to uh, provide that opportunity for people that have questions or want to know more. I'll give you a call. I'll talk to you. Somebody at our hospice will talk to you to make sure that you have concerns and questions that are answered. So you're saying you get to talk to a real person? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. You will never get a voicemail if you reach us. And you not never just get a, a real person, a person that has a lot of heart and, and able to guide you through and hold your hand a little bit. Wonderful. Let's continue the conversation right after this short break here on this edition of Your Life, Your Way, Aging Today with Holden South Center. If you want to learn more about Holden South Center, check out HoldenSouthCenter.com. That's HoldenSouthCenter.com or their number 206-316-2934. That's 206-316-2934. And thanks to all of you who have spread the word about this program. I was just chatting with uh, Shane prior to the show about the wonderful podcast downloads that we're getting. So definitely go to Spotify, go to Apple Podcasts, and check out Your Life, Your Way. We'll be right back after this message. Visit Holden South Center today, an all-inclusive premier assisted living and memory care community. Located at 112 Andover East and South Center, just blocks away from the mall. Come see our spacious studios along with our one and two bedrooms. Enjoy luxury resort-style living. Amenities include a theater, club room, full-service salon, rooftop courtyard with views of Mount Rainier, 24-hour on-care staff, and a five-star dining experience. Call us at 206-395-3824 or visit Holden South Center.com. Your life, your way, our commitment. As promised, welcome back to Your Life, Your Way, Aging Today with Holden South Center. Now, Nathan, I want to make sure I got the number right because I can't even read my own writing. That's how bad this is. But 206-659-9998. 
That's a great number for what you're doing, right? 206-659-9998. That's Heart and Soul Hospice right here in King County. Learn more by calling either Nathan or one of his fine associates again at that number, 206-659-9998. Back to you, Shane. Yeah, thank you. Nathan, let's continue this conversation, but I want to go into kind of the nuts and bolts of it. And so if I, you know, paint the picture for us, if I'm a family member and I have a loved one that really needs probably um, hospice and really needs some guidance, what does it look like? Um, Can you talk about, would you just call your doctor, um, what the payments uh, looks like and what insurance is covered? So as a family member, um, if, if you reached out to us, one of the things that we'd educate you on uh, initially is that there would need to be a referral from a physician. And so um, sometimes it's the primary care doctor that's mm-hmm. in the community. Sometimes that referral could come from the uh, attending physician at the hospital, mm-hmm. uh, but it would need to come from a, a physician. So we need to get that order and uh, uh, and, and, and a cosign from the primary care doctor also. If it came from the hospital, we'd need a cosign from the um, attending, I'm sorry, the primary care doctor for that for the individual. Once we have that, we're able to go in and assess and evaluate and provide education. Um, uh, what I would tell you is that um, initially uh, there will be a nurse that would come out mm-hmm. and uh, evaluate the patient. Let's say the, the scenario we're talking about is where you have your loved one in your home, mm-hmm. your private residence. And so our nurse would give you a call, would come and evaluate. And, and, and if the criteria is met, which... Usually is the case mm-hmm. uh, if we have a referral uh, from a uh, um, from a, a physician. Then what would happen is that uh, the nurse would, uh, after evaluating, admit the patient. Uh, and at that point, the nurse will provide a lot of education in terms of what we provide medication. Uh-huh. So the medication is covered by us. Okay. Uh, we provide medical supplies uh, that includes you know adult briefs. It could be wipes. It could be barrier cream. It could be um, bedside commode. Yeah, bedside commode. Just different things that, that, that are needed to really provide quality care. Okay. And, and then we also, on top of the medication, the medical supplies, we provide durable uh, uh, medical equipment, a hospital bed. Uh, if a wheelchair is needed, we'll mm-hmm. provide that. If a walker is needed, we'll provide that um, just to make sure that the care in the home is of quality. Right. And I just want to interject real quick uh, as I experienced this. Um, and this is done quickly. You, you all turn around within sometimes a couple hours and yes. maybe into the next day. The good thing about you is that you're a smaller agency and you're able to really commit and provide a lot of time to uh, your the, the clients that you serve. Um, so just for the listeners out there, uh, once you qualify for hospice, you automatically qualify and are approved um, to get these things like the durable medical equipment approved, and you can get them right away. Um, different from not being on hospice and trying to get these approved, we go into the whole same and similar Medicare thing and, yes. and down kind of a, a really hard path of getting this. So it's a really great opportunity. Um, Nathan and his team will, will cover all of that. Yes, and, and it's, it's, it's really something that especially caregivers are very appreciative of because maybe they didn't have a bed that was an automatic uh, uh, electric bed. Yeah. And so they've had to really you know, physically wear themselves out in trying to get their uh, parent or spouse uh, you know, out of the bed or positioned. Mm-hmm. And so now they have an electric bed where right. 
They, they, they don't have to, you know, uh, uh, wear themselves out doing that. Uh, right. You know, uh, maybe uh, buying a wheelchair was out of their, you know, financial uh, capacity. Right. We provide that. And again, all this is not something that they would have to pay for. Right. Um, uh, it's not anything out of pocket. It's, it's part of Medicare. Hosp- the hospice pet- benefit is part of Medicare Part A, okay. which means it doesn't require any copay. Mm-hmm. doesn't require any type of, you know, supplemental insurance. Right. Uh, Medicare Part A is the bare minimum that, that, that people paid into if you have Medicare. Uh, it, it's also covered by Medicaid and other uh, insurances. And, 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 and here's the thing that I will tell you. If someone doesn't have insurance, we're not going to turn them away. Tell us it, about that. How do you do that? It, it, it's uh, what we call pro bono service. And that what, what that means is that we will take care of you if you don't have a payer source, and it will never be something that we charge you directly. Okay. Wow. And, and that's something that we do just because we know that a family in a situation where they have a loved one who's terminally ill mm-hmm. and is at end-of-life care, they don't need to worry about coming up with the, the finances to pay for end-of-life care. I don't think that's fair. And mm-hmm. I'm saying that not just as, as the founder and executive director. I'm specifically saying that also because I'm a social worker. Yeah. <laughs> and I know what, what especially individuals who, who are low income, what they, what they go through and try and navigate the healthcare system. So that's, that's something I wanted to Good. mention. Tell us about, so medication. I know that you, you're, when you say you take the, over the medication, you have a physician on staff um, that oversees medication. Medication becomes a really big item, right? Because um, some of these preventative medications are um, kind of uh, reduced or eliminated, and then uh, other medications that are going to keep you comfortable and your um, well-being going. Uh, can you talk about um, the comfort kit? I know what that means, that that can be used at any time. Um, tell us a little bit about that medication regimen so we can get an idea. Absolutely. First thing I want to say is I want to give a shout-out to uh, our clinical director, Xavier uh-huh. Orr. Uh, he is a, a registered nurse and mm-hmm. has been a nurse for over 15 years. The reason I'm mentioning him is because he does a great job uh, in being able to explain medication to our patients and families. Uh-huh. And uh, if anyone wanted to call our hospice, just to learn more about that, I'll make sure you're connected to our uh, clinical director, Xavier. But in terms of just generally answering the question, uh, you know, uh, w- what it looks like in terms of medication is that, you know, if they're on medication that uh, is uh, providing them comfort, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, quality of life, you know, we want to keep them on that. We also, you know, have medication that uh, that is available uh, in terms of the comfort kit, uh, you, you know, usually, you know, uh, anxiety medication, mm-hmm. a pain medication, a medication to uh, help, uh, you know, keep uh, the secretion at a minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I can't go too far into right. it because I'm not clinical. Yeah. But we, the reason that the medication is key is because we don't want people suffering when they pass away. Right. We don't want people suffering at end of life. We want to make sure that they're breathing. And, 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 and a lot of people don't think about this in this way, but if you don't breathe well... That's a pain symptom. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to suffer. It's a symptom right. that has to be managed so that they're breathing well, that they're uh, uh, pain-free, and uh, we provide any medication that our doctor feels is a- appropriate right. uh, to, to meet that need. 
Right. There's so many more questions, but I'm going to leave it up to the listeners to reach out to you. Absolutely. Um, really get a, a good feel because um, I, I won't go into it, but you can graduate from hospice, which is a beautiful thing. There's powerful people that really have a lot in them to, to overcome obstacles. And so um, I want you to know that. But I really want to talk about um, a, a great thing, which is that you're the first black-owned hospice agency um, in Washington State. Correct. Um, and that's powerful um, and, and on many levels. One is because, um, you know, as in, in a black community, really relying, uh, health care is, is really uh, intimidating. Right. And I think that a lot of um, uh, folks in the black community have trouble with this part. And so really having um, uh, an, a hospice agency to walk you through and really be able to relate on that level is fantastic. Um, can you tell us a little bit uh, uh, about that and uh, and your team? Absolutely. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know. Our purpose as a hospice is to ensure appropriate end of life healthcare is available to all members of King County. Mm-hmm. And but within that mission, we also focus on uh, populations that have, who have been traditionally uh, underserved mm-hmm. uh, and underrepresented. And so, uh, you know, while we provide care for everybody. Uh, we do have a focus on making sure uh, that we uh, reach out to communities, uh, you know, uh, communities uh, that have traditionally been overlooked. And uh, part of the thing with that is establishing trust. Mm-hmm. There is huge level of mistrust among communities of color, uh, African-American communities, uh, the African diaspora communities in the area uh, that, 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 that have legitimate reasons for not trusting the healthcare system due to the history of mistreatment in this, in, you know, in, in this country. And so what helps with our presence is that when they see someone, uh, you know, from, from a hospice, and I'm talking about not just someone that is uh, on the front lines, but from top to bottom when they see a company where representation is there mm-hmm. and they see someone who looks like them on the other end, on the other side, it brings about a sense of trust. And, and one of the things that we really focus on is having that cultural competence to be able to reach not just Everyone, but specifically those that come from minority cultures, they know that we come from a minority culture. Some of the myths that we talked about earlier, we commonly share. And so we really are able to address those things. And again, like I said, they see a familiar face when they see us. Mm -hmm. uh, And and that, that, that again, is a trust thing that that I I feel like is is able to be established. Great. That's very powerful. Thank you so much. We, Great interview. Yeah. And we could just keep going. I know. We just keep going. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time and Shane. Absolutely. Great job. Great Absolutely. Job on the interview. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate and I appreciate Shane for who he is as a person mm-hmm. and what he does for Holden South Center. I just want to put a plug and just say uh, he is a great leader. Uh, and I know that because the people that work there that I've communicated with, uh, they're on the same page. Everybody's on the same page. He's right. managed to lead in such a way that everyone is on the same page about what their mission is and how they really uh, serve their residents at Holden South Center. Uh, every time I've walked in, uh, I just, uh, I, I, I'm just depressed. I'm impressed <laughs> so much by what you're doing there. Thank and you. uh, I think it's a wonderful place for residents that want to check it out. It's a wonderful place to be uh, cared for. Yeah, so let me go ahead and give out a couple of numbers, yes. and then we'll uh, put a close to today's show. Yes. And obviously uh, let people know that Your Life, Your Way is on a podcast as well. So if you miss it during its normal time on Kixie at le- uh, 1030 a.m. on Sundays, make sure you uh, send out that podcast to any and all that can benefit from this great information. To learn 
excuse me, to learn more about Heart and Soul Hospice, King County, just dial 206-659-9998. That's 206-659-9998. Holden South Center can be uh, viewed at their website, HoldenSouthCenter.com. That's HoldenSouthCenter.com. Or simply uh, phone them, 206-316-2934. Before we go, though, Shane, I understand there's a really cool event coming up. Yes, we have Italian nights. Um, so we're going to have one of the best accordion players in, in the city uh, there. And we're going to have uh, anyone who's interested in uh, in holding South Center just to, to have a good time. Um, come check us out. Um, so July 27th from 5 to 7 p.m. And it's going to be on our fifth floor patio, which is gorgeous. So hope to see you there at Italian night. Um, please give us a call for questions. Food? Oh, food. Well, <laughs> we are having Italian food, so pastas and tiramisu yeah. and yeah. Uh, all the good stuff. Oh, it sounds great. Italian yeah. night, July 27th. Join us again next week for another edition of Your Life, Your Way. Aging Today with Holden South Center.